0: Thanks for coming and thank you for all of your help over the years. I mean, it's been six plus years we've been working together now um, at Key. You've been, you know, instrumental in helping me uh, organize this company in a way that helps me and everybody in the team be more successful. But I mean, not just Key, also uh, brought you into the entrepreneurs' organization and nonprofit environment with uh, the operation of the board because I noticed that, uh, in my experience on the board before EOS, um, it seemed like 80% of the energy was spent figuring out how to come up with the plan and what the plan was. And now that EOS has been implemented there for years, um, 80% or 89 or 90, I don't know, but the vast majority of the energy of the board is spent on actually doing the work, the work that brings value to the members yeah. and makes everything work smoothly. And less than 10% of the effort is is on sort of the operations of how decisions are going to be made and, and kind of what the plan is and how it's being documented. Mm-hmm. So thanks, man. I mean, those are my work and my work with uh, that organization are just two huge components of my life and you've been a huge part of it.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that whole, you know, you bring in an EOS into, you know, the chapter in Vancouver, that's part of the legacy that you're... That you've left the chapter, right? You know, mm-hmm. the legacies that last over time. Yeah, it's lasted a while. Yeah, and it should continue to last, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, when guys run come in to you know, be the present or gals come in to be the present of an organization, you know, a lot of their focus is, especially in EO, it's like, you know, the ego speaks into it. So how am I going to leave my mark? Right? Yeah, there's that totally. there's a whole mantra around that, like, hey, you know, how to leave a mark, uh-huh. right? So if there's a system and a process, then... It's like wide open. The mark could be like any type of stuff. And then yeah, a lot of wasted time and effort to try and totally. know, figure that out. Whereas if there's a system and process, well, then it's easier to leave a mark because it's yeah. within a system and process. It's and-
0: been such a learning for me because I'm a creative person at heart. Mm-hmm. And so I don't feel energized by systems and processes. At least I don't think I am or my ego doesn't allow for it. I think I, I need to mm-hmm. go a different direction. But um when I have them, I really do like it. Like it gives me the kind of peace, calm, freedom, capacity to do really great work, which in my mind is creative work. And it's like having a clean workspace to be creative in, you know, it's like with a, with a clean structured environment, you know, it's that same type of feeling. That's been awesome. But why don't you tell people what EOS is for, for those who are just hearing about it for the first time?
1: Yeah, sure. So EOS, the acronym stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And it's based on, you know, the book Traction, which is written by Gino Wickman, who, you know, or since we're talking about EO, right, Gino was one of the uh, you know founders of the Detroit chapter of EO um, and helped grow that chapter to, you know, plus 90 people. And, you know, as he was doing that, he was also running a real estate training company, which his father founded and he took over. And he had to figure out, okay, as I take it over, you know, as a lot of companies go, it was in a state of transition, which typically means it's it going down as opposed to <laughs> going up, right? So how do I get it moving upwards? And, uh, you know, just took, you know, some of the great theory that's out there from, you know, the, the the stalwarts that are out there in the business market, the Jim Collins and the Patrick Lencioni's and Vern Harnishes and, you know, took their theory and, you know, developed a simple set of practical tools that would allow that theory to be executed in an entrepreneurial organization, an entrepreneurial company. And he found that, you know, not only did it turn around his father's business, which he then eventually sold, but it was ubiquitous in that, you know, all of the other you know, kind of co-founders, or nine of them in the Detroit Detroit chapter when they founded it, right? You know, some of those started using EOS in their businesses, and they found it was, you know, agnostic in terms of the type of industry, the size of industry, right? And just had that kind of, it allowed all of them to run on an operating system. And, you know, that predictability of here's how we should operate together, Allowed that entrepreneurial spirit and culture to really flourish in their organizations because they, you know they were all on the same page and all you know developing the the discipline the traction to track towards you know that that vision that EOS allows them to establish and to do it in a healthy manner. So when was that? When did it start? You know, gosh, it would have been about fifteen years ago now, something like that. Yeah, you know? it's actually not long. No. No, I mean, a lot of those names you mentioned, they've been around a really long time. Yeah, oh yeah. it's relatively new. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's just looking like for, you know, Gino It's looking for a a better way for an operating system for entrepreneurs specifically, right? You know, the 10 to 250 size companies. People-wise. People-wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. That have that kind of, you know, the growth mindset that entrepreneurs always have. But, you know, really didn't want to spend the time figuring out, okay, I got to go read Jim Collins or something like that and figure out, okay, how do I do that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's great for a fortune 500 company, but, you know, what about little old me? Yeah,
0: I had read all those, all those books you'll see, you know, up on that shelf over there and, and when I came across EOS, you know, it, it, for me seemed like somebody had uh, taken kind of the best of many of those you know, tried and true concepts or, or even methods mm-hmm. uh, and kind of simplified it, you know, into a palatable, uh, you know, digestible, you know, yeah. amount of information for me to take in yeah. and, and that's what appealed to me uh, right away. And um, it sort of resonates like the Pareto principle comes up in my life a lot and mm-hmm. it felt like it was maybe less in volume this is what the impression i had at first right uh, it was less in volume than some of those more comprehensive systems that i'd heard about before but it was complete and then it sort of encompassed the operations of the entire company but again it was just like it was easy enough to to kind of start and back to the Pareto principle i felt like in the 20% of the stuff that I was gonna to have to learn and implement and do, I was gonna get 80% of the value that right. I would get from something more difficult. Yeah. And that was appealing for me. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember how we met originally the very first time? I can't say I do, no. That's all right. I was you? just a peon, I was just a guy. I was, a, I was in the uh, Angel Network in Vancouver. And you, uh, and you yeah. were, uh, presenting and we met after, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you were pitching, uh, the angels network that I was a part of. Yeah. Um, it was Vantec bike seats. Yeah. Interlock. Interlock. Yeah. Uh, the lock was contained within the post right. of the bike seat. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, and that was it. Um, and, and then the next time I heard about you was someone in our team, actually, I think Kim found you because we had decided to go with EOS. And as a first step, you know, anybody can contact the organization or they can contact, you know, and consult mm-hmm. directly. But we contacted the organization. We were referred to uh, a local implementer. Um, because it was recommended, you know, anybody can self-implement, um, yeah. or you can work with someone. We thought, oh, let's do this properly. Let's work yeah. with somebody. And we referred to somebody, um, and we did, uh, like a free kind of 90 minute meeting with them and, mm-hmm. and kind of thought about it for a week or two, but it wasn't resonating, um, with me. The person wasn't just mm-hmm. because I was being judgmental, you know, they were a very nice guy. Um, but their business experience was that they had owned one hour photo once in a small town up north for a short period of time you know um and it just wasn't enough for me you know i I wanted uh somebody who had um, had more in common with that had been kind of in it themselves Mm -hmm. and and had their own personal experiences that they could draw from and uh and i shared that with the team and then and then kim found you luckily and and we did that same meeting again with you and then i felt it was great and that was just so many years ago Mm -hmm. So how did you come to find EOS? Like what was your sort of business and personal journey that led you to it? And like, how'd you first hear about it?
1: Yeah, I can't remember actually the specific time that I first learned about it, but certainly like all of my businesses and I've had five that are qualified for either EO or YPO as a founder or co-founder. So all of those though, I always ran on an operating system. Right, and the very first operating system was the Rockefeller Habits by Vern Harnish, and I was in this really fortunate position that I did the birthing of giants back in the mid you know nineties, you know which Vern established, and like that was before he wrote the book, The Rockefeller Habits. Wow! And he was kind of experimenting on us. So, hey, like you know, well, let's try this. Let's try this tool. You guys go away, you know, work on that for a while, and so I just started bringing that into you know my company at that point in time, and. Just loved it, right? And, Which company and, was that back in the 90s? Uh, that would have been uh, uh, Vantage Securities. Oh, yeah. 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 So, um, and that, you know, it worked there, you know, certainly not to, you know, the degree that, you know, Rockville Habits is now scaling up to the degree that that it's gone to. So, but at, at around, you know, 2011, 2012 was when uh, scaling up came in and I just found it was just a little bit too theoretical. It was going, you know, towards the, you know, more towards like the Jim Collins, you know, thought process as opposed to something simple. And I just found for that business that I was running at that point in time, uh, which was, uh, Investec solutions, um, you know, it didn't have the pickup, the traction as I was looking for. So I just started looking around for other operating systems and, you know, The book Traction had just come out, read the book, and just resonated and switched over immediately. You know, kind of got that business running on it and then sold it, you know, six months later. But, you know, was able to sell it with a much stronger format in the VTO, the Vision Traction Organizer, which, you know, kind of encapsulates everything into one page. It was just a much stronger document at that time. So it helped the sale of your business. Yeah. And, you, know, you know, the the sale of that business, you know, it allowed us to put a value on it that was um, more specific and easier to identify. And it was a shotgun sale, right? So it was me and my partner oh. at that time. But just allowed us both to really agree, okay, yeah, that's, you know, yeah, that's reasonable. See it more clearly, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, but for any sale of a business, I mean, who wouldn't want to buy a business that didn't have a like a strong and highly effective operating system in it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody wants to buy and inherit a mess. And if you do, you yeah. want it at a huge discount.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, they're not, they're not buying the entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they're buying like what the creation is, right? So if you can't actually say, well, here's the creation. It's yeah. all packaged up for you, a nice little bow around it. It's yeah. Like, well- <laughs> I think that's pretty common. I think it's a lot of
0: entrepreneurs operating, you know, out of their head, you know, by Mm -hmm. the seat of their pants, you know, figuring stuff out as they go to making decisions on the fly and uh, just kind of winging it. Um, Yeah, this EOS definitely helps a lot with that. Mm -hmm. I always appreciate how honest you've been with, you know, kind of your, you know, your ups and downs in business and, you know, the wins and and the losses and you've had five businesses that qualify for EO or YPO is a huge accomplishment. And it's interesting to me that, after all of that that you love what you're doing now you love helping about what a dozen companies like ours i guess yep yep 12 yeah you know quarterly um working with us in full day sessions to you know come back to um why don't you explain maybe for people you know what the onboarding rhythm looks like and then kind of the, the quarterly and annual
1: rhythm sure yeah so you know from coming out of the gate, right? You know, you talked you know, that 90 minute meeting at the very beginning, right? That's where you just kind of get on the same page in terms of, you know, who we are and we meaning, you know, who me as a, you know, coach, teacher, facilitator, who I am um, and who we are in terms of what is traction, what is EOS, you know, what's the background, that type of stuff. So, you know, the company becoming familiar with that, me becoming familiar with the company, right? So it's a two way street where you know, a lot of people think that okay, we're gonna have this person come in and they're gonna try and sell us this thing. And I walk in and was like, Well, I'm not I'm not selling, I'm buying here, right? What are you gonna sell me? Because I'm buying the relationship. Because if I'm not getting energy out of your entrepreneurial company and there's a click between the two of us, it's not gonna work for me. And although it's a monetary transaction that, you know, changes hands at the end of every day, it's still, you know, it has to have the passion around it and the that feel for it. Right. So that 90 minute meeting gets that done. You know, you go over the model and what the journey looks like. So then to touch upon the journey, which is what you are asking after that, you go into, you know, three full day sessions that are typically 30 days apart and it's all about space time learning. So, you know, taking the time to, first of all, on the very first day focus day, you know, work on part of the traction element of what does it take to execute on a disciplined, accountable basis. And then on day two, 30 days later, so you kind of take some of the tools, go away, practice them, learn what you don't know, you'll learn what works. Day two, come back, revisit some of that, tighten it up, Um, but then start layering on the vision right? Because, you know, vision without traction is just a hallucination. It's a pipe dream. You're never going to get there, right? So work on the traction first, then start laying on the vision and then day three, 30 days later, right? You then continue to build out the vision side, you'll come back to traction, you'll make and tweak anything that needs to be, you know, fixed that you practiced on day one, but then continue layering on the vision, right? So after what 90 days, right, you've gone through these three sessions, then you just go into this you know 90 day pulse right 90 day rhythm where every quarter we spend a full day together and you look at where you've been okay what were the last 90 days like right what are the things we can learn from we can't go back and change them, we can learn from them be better today smarter today than we were 90 days ago and we set you know these you know rocks or you know top priorities and then where are we today so look back at the vision make sure it's still on the same page with the vision and then where do you want to be in the next ninety days? And, you know, set new rocks, as we call them, ninety day priorities to achieve ninety days from now and then meet again. And then once a year, you know, do a two day annual where, you know, everything's open, you take a hard kick at the can at everything and reset at that point. It's so good. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and there's so much in there. I mean, that's just such a concise summary of kind of just what the rhythm is. Mm-hmm. Um, but within that is just gold for, for any entrepreneur and any team. Uh, Cause it's not just about the entrepreneur, but working with EOS helps clarify within your company who the leadership team is. And it becomes such an important part so that the 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 entrepreneur isn't the only person, you know, making all the decisions mm-hmm. uh, isn't seen as that, you know, from the company that the company understands there's a leadership team and how important it is. And many people aspire to be on it, like Cassidy here probably mm-hmm. does, and everyone knows about it. And it's not just that the retreats are in nice places, but it's just this opportunity to really have like positive effect on the company and its direction and be a part of all of the most important decisions be made, yeah. I think it's pretty rewarding for anybody. Yeah. And then part of that quarterly rhythm too, is you're always teaching new tools. There's a, there's so much learning. I mean, you get through the onboarding and you get into it and you're getting so much value from it, but you're always finding a way to, um, uh, bring in and implement, Pulling, I guess, from the EOS library of tools, you know, mm-hmm. all the depending on what's going on, you know, it could yeah. be um, a tool that you're bringing in just for, you know, the next stage of growth of the company, or it could be to deal with, you know, a, a potential issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you touched on rocks in in your summary. Let me tell this the rock story. See if I get it right, because uh, it's such an important thing rocks are what we call quarterly goals because of a story about a professor standing at the front of the room and uh, he has two glasses could be beakers or glasses doesn't matter but he's got exactly the same amount uh, in front of each of them he's got a pile of rocks uh, pebbles Mm -hmm. and sand Mm -hmm. Uh, and in the first beaker he takes all the sand slides it off the table into the glass and then all the pebbles and then the rocks and they're spilling over mm-hmm. it doesn't fit it's impossible to fit mm-hmm. and then on the second one he takes all of the rocks first and slides them into the glass then slides in all the pebbles and uh some of the pebbles fall in between some of the larger rocks and then slides in this, all the sand and then you know what happens next all the sand falls in between and miraculously the exact same volume of rocks, pebbles, and sand fits into the the beaker or the glass this way, the second way, but doesn't in the first way. Mm -hmm. And the learning from that, or um, the sort of metaphor that that is, is why we call the most important things that our company has to accomplish this quarter, uh, rocks. Mm -hmm. Because when you focus on the biggest, most important things, the rocks in that example, you can do things with the same amount of capacity that you couldn't otherwise do just based on the order in which you approach things and that one thing is just so incredibly valuable Mm -hmm. most of us you know wake up in the morning with a bunch of shit to do Mm -hmm. uh to-do list you know and it's not well organized and uh it's too long to possibly get done Uh, but we just start at it because that's what we do Mm -hmm. um but understanding that if you really want to play the long game and accomplish your quarterly and annual and 10 year goals, mm. um, you could be way, way more effective. You can do more with the same capacity. If everyone's got limited capacity, you can do more with it. If you focus on the rocks, mm-hmm. on the most important, biggest things, even though they may yeah. not be the most urgent that day. Yeah. It's
1: yeah. just one little thing. I mean, there's so much of that stuff in there. Yeah, and I, I think re- that's, a, you know, that that differentiation between urgent and important. Yeah. That's the key. Thing in people's minds that once they understand urgent will always be there, right? There's going yeah. to be new urgent things, people banging on your door, wanting this, that, or the other thing, or, you know, just having to get those to do's done, whatever it is. But are they truly important things? Are they yeah. the important things going to significantly make a difference in how this company or how I set myself up for the future? And it's the, yeah, it's those important things that just, you know, they may not be urgent, so they're not banging on the door but they're truly important. Totally, It's very hard to ignore the banging on the door mm-hmm. and focus
0: on what's most important. But God, it feels good when you do, Yeah, you know, you know, you did the right thing after it's yeah. hard to decide to do in the moment, but when you do it, that's when you finish at the end of the day and you're like, yeah, that was a good day. Mm-hmm. I got the right work done. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So what's the ideal starting point for somebody is reading the book, the best place to start traction.
1: Yeah. I think that, you know, for someone who just wants to increase their knowledge base, certainly reading the book is first. But, you know, there's a lot of companies I work with that have never read the book. Yeah. They say, Hey, you know, we're just frustrated with the way that we're doing things. There's gotta be a better way. Like yeah. how can all these companies out there that, you know, have achieved success, you know, how can they do that? And yeah. So then they just kind of launch themselves into that ninety minute meeting. And then from there, just, you know, start the journey, right? So it can be as easy as that. And other teams that I work with will read the book and other teams have read the book and they self implement and they decide at some point in time, a year, two years down the road, you know, we actually want to up our game even more. And then, you know, kind of truly learn the best practices. I get it. Like, this is good, but how
0: good could it be if we had a professional come in? Right. Yeah. Uh, One of the things I found so interesting in working with you is it you do not care what we do for a living? Like it's, it comes up sometimes, right? I mean, it, and I'm kind of joking, but I mean that it doesn't, you are not a consultant in what our business does. You know, you're not an expert in it. Yeah. Um, you don't care to be. In fact, when you hear us getting too far into the weeds on talking about the work, you pull us back out. Because yep. usually when we're dealing with an issue, which can be a positive or negative, people think issues mm-hmm. are negative, but they're not. They're, they're sometimes also positive. Yeah, there's things that need to be dealt with, right, or capitalized on. Mm. Um, when we're working through an issue, we can get bogged down, and and it you always pull us back to, you know, what's most important. What was the original issue we're trying to solve? You know, what uh, it doesn't the nuances and the details don't matter. It's back, you always pull us back to kind of the the core, core issue. Yeah. And you don't need to know uh, what we do for a living and how to do it better to help us do it better. Right. Yeah. I always right. find that very interesting yeah. and also a relief because mm-hmm. as an expert at what we do, I'm not having a lot of confidence that there's someone I could talk to that could know how to do it better, frankly. Mm. But I do get a ton of value from somebody who can help me and my team make better decisions more quickly, more efficiently? Yeah, yeah,
1: it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's you know, it's that, that you know it's that concept that you know I don't have to be the expert, but the answer is in the room, right? So one person, it may not be you know you all the time, might be you know someone sitting across from you, you know they have the answer in their head, but they might be you know just their confidence might be not be big enough to you know spit it out. Or it might be an elephant in the room. They're just not willing to address or whatever it is, but yeah, it has to be facilitated. You know, someone has to get all the answers out on the table so we can look at them all and they, Oh yeah. And okay. Now when we look at all those, it becomes really evident as to, well, that's the best route for us to go. Yeah. You also make it efficient too.
0: What do you call it? When um, somebody starts repeating themselves or politicking, I think. Yeah. politicking. Term. Yeah. 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 Um, it's weird to be, Cut off by somebody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it better when it happens to other people, but it, it, ha, it it's good. You know, when people yeah. start repeating themselves, they kind of said their piece and they're just repeating themselves to suck all the air out of the room or yeah. to dominate the conversation, but they're not moving it forward at all. Right. Yeah. So helpful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Like when you, when you say you appreciate it, right. That's, you know, it's a tough thing for a lot of leaders, right. To take that in and to appreciate it because like they're the leader. So of course, you know, their word is often the word that people just, you know, kowtow down to, but you know, I really don't care if you fire me, so I'm going to call it out and just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Cause that's okay. We've heard that a couple times now. So let's you know, move on and any other information with them? No, nothing else. Okay. Let's make a decision. Yeah. no new information. Go to decision. It works. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It's nice
0: to have you in the room too, because too often, people are kowtowing or whatever that expression is to the mm-hmm. leader or not saying, you know, their full truth, not speaking their full yeah. truth. I like to think that our team does, but it's just human nature. You know, they think of it as being respectful maybe or yeah. something like that, but I really want the the cold hard truth to come out. I and mean, you definitely help that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like when I, when we open all our meetings, right, what's my expectation every meeting? Yeah. It's always the same. It's that everybody is just completely
0: open and honest and, yeah. and just, you know, says everything that, you know, they, they, they're feeling and thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same. Every and
1: time. that yeah, nature of, you know, open, honest, vulnerable, vulnerable. Yeah. Right? Those three things. And, you know, kind of when I see a team struggling with that, it's to just say, Hey, look, if you're thinking something and you're not expressing it, that means you're tolerating it and what you tolerate, you endorse. So with the conversation is this, you know, where that conversation is and it's going in a direction, and you don't like that direction, but you tolerate it going in that direction, that means you're endorsing that direction. So if you want to speak the other side of it, speak the other side of it, because otherwise you are endorsing it. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's even more important now
0: that we're sort of like in this post COVID world, like refiguring out like how we work together. I think it's becoming a partnership between employers and employees in that, um, you know, the expectation of employees now is that they can work kind of wherever and whenever they want. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, some of my colleagues in my industry and other industries are, are mandating, you know, giving a lot of clarity of, you know, we're old school, we're going back, you know, it's the only thing that works and others, um, are doing some hybrid stuff and others like myself are trying to look around kind of the next corner and just go with, um, what people want to do but at the same time mm-hmm. doing it in a way where everybody stays connected and and you know the performance stays you know the same or better mm-hmm. not easy to do yeah um how much nicer is it to do when you have like a lot of clarity over not just the company's processes around how decisions are made and when do we meet and, and discuss them but also uh, um you know what the company's goals are for the quarter for yeah. the year for 10 years man, that was nice to have when COVID hit and everything's changed so so quickly. Uh, and people were you know, s- sort of scrambling about you know, not seeing people and all this change was happening so fast, but we had such a solid foundation. We're already working with the kind of the tech tools and stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, but I'd say that the majority of the success that we had during COVID was because we had laid the foundation of uh, our company into this EOS sort of
1: yeah. Framework. Yeah. Yeah. It really allows you to, you know, have that autonomy. So when you look at, you know, as you were saying, with, you know, what COVID has, you know, changed and how people work together, right? It's never going back the way it was, right? So, the new whatever the new work environment is, it's going to be unique for every business out there. But if you have, if you have the confidence of knowing that people can make the right decisions autonomously in the direction of what the greater good of the organization is, then you can have more trust in them actually not being in your office. Right. And that's just kind of so where where does that line get redrawn as to, well, when do you have to be in the office? For me, that revolves mainly around what's the culture of the organization and there has to be you know at some point in time some eyeball to eyeball stuff so you know is that once a quarter which fits into with the quarterly pulse or is it once a week with an l10 or is it every day? But there's, you know, it's somewhere in that, you know, realm for every company. And every company is a snowflake. They're going to be different. They're going to have to get figure it figured out for themselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you must have a lot of clients that are, uh, you know, trying to figure all that stuff out right now. Oh yeah,
0: and imagine you're, yeah, helping them through that. Yeah, yeah. It's just such. It's just never boring, man. It's always there's always <laughs> something changing. So what's your ideal client? You mentioned it's, you know, it's energetic for you that you can feel it, you know, in that mm. 90 minute meeting, which is probably often a Zoom call, but even through Zoom or sometimes in person too?
1: Yeah, and right now, they're probably more in person than on Zoom. Oh yeah. Um, right, because I, I will only deal with, you know, companies in Vancouver primarily, at least a head office in Vancouver, because um, I want to have some eyeball to eyeball contact. Um, you mean Metro Vancouver or Vancouver proper? Yeah, the lower mainland, yeah. you know, so from, you know, Abbotsford to Whistler, all, I've got one client over in Victoria, right? So kind of that triangle is doable, but from the companies themselves, you know, that, uh, you know, that the 90 minute meeting being in person and then, you know, kind of deciding from there what our structure looks like is, you know, really up to the company, whether we continue on just in Zoom meetings out of my... You know 12 companies that i'm working with right now there's probably two of them that are still primarily zoom and that's just because they're more international and yeah
0: i guess in person's always a little bit better i think so. it's such an important meeting yeah i mean your quarterly planning session's a full day and yeah. it's just critical you're deciding in that day you know what is the most important things we're going to accomplish in the, um the next 90 days yeah Speak to that a little bit about the ni- the importance of 90 days. It's, uh, I found what you said to be true, but you talked about how it's just the right amount of the length of time mm-hmm. for people to kind of stay focused on something. I think mm-hmm. it's true. Well,
1: it's kind of like, you know, if you ever try and do something, right, you can, most people have the capacity to do it for 90 days and then things just start to fray at the edges. Yeah. Right. And it's just so that it's that fraying of the edges at the 90 day reset just allows you to come back together, tidy things up and then move forward and kind of reset and get reinvigorated. And (laughs) it's true. One of the one of the battles um, or one of the things that
0: come up in team environments is uh, are we still doing that, you know, And, and it's like. You know, you can decide as a team that you're doing something, then you can start to do it. And it's, it's not always at 90 days, but it's sometimes sooner than you might expect. Mm -hmm. Um, All of a sudden it's not happening anymore. And then you ask about it and then it's, uh, and then the feedback you get is, oh, are we still doing that? Yeah. And it's a reminder that uh, in team environments that, you know, how important communication is and Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to be repetitive. Yeah. Um, I've heard a magic number of seven times that that we need to be told, you know, what we're doing in order for it to totally sink in.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not even just the. It's on. It's on against that two-way street because if you understand that someone has to hear it seven times for they're truly to get it the first time, right you will have this ability to know that after you've told them something two or three times, instead of normally being, oh, man, I told you, you just don't get it, hey, what's the matter with you? And you're getting frustrated, it's like, well, I've told you two or three times, this is great, we're making progress. I only have to tell you four or five more times and you've got it, we're yeah. making progress, Wait, <laughs> yeah. we're this good. Seems
0: crazy, but it's just <laughs> uh, it's just human nature. Yeah. Just we're all people, right? And um, working as a team because, There's only one reason in my mind, because working as a team, it's that other expression that where the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Mm -hmm. We choose to work as a team because we can accomplish more, more wine. Sure. Yeah. It's so good. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't drink very much. I know why people drink this stuff all the time. It's delicious. Just a wee bit. Thank you. If we can accomplish more as a team than we could as sort of a sum of our individual efforts, Mm -hmm. then why go to all the trouble, right?
1: Great. Thanks, Thanks, Cassidy
0: so how do you like it i mean do you miss uh wine it's wine. wine, wine. it's good thank you <laughs> it's It's a good choice bc yeah go bc um being a consultant versus being um i mean you are an entrepreneur because you're running a consultancy but you know the the old sort of stuff that you used to do do you, do you ever miss it or uh um is it rewarding for you to to help other people succeed with their companies
1: yeah, I get a lot of passion out of, you know, just helping entrepreneurs figure out where they're stuck and help them to get unstuck, you know, based upon, yeah, you know, EOS is one thing, but it's also just based upon my own experiences, right? Where I've, you know, done things or I've allowed my ego to make decisions for me that weren't the best decisions, right? They're decisions that I made to make myself look bigger, to make myself look better and wasn't the best decision for the business, right? So, And I see a lot of entrepreneurs, especially younger entrepreneurs that kind of fall into that trap where it's like, you know, they're really focused on top line revenue and there's no attention being paid to bottom line profit. And if you don't have the profit moving forward, there is no forward, right? It's kind of, unless you have like a a, a big pot of gold, or Bitcoin stuck around somewhere that <laughs> you can tap into. Um, but yeah, I, I get a ton of passion out of it. You know, that being said, you know, I'm a lifelong entrepreneur, right? So, you know, working with 12 companies, you know, that consumes about half my business time. And the other half my business time is I sit on a couple of advisory boards for companies that I've got, you know, equity interests in. We're doing a couple of real estate projects that, you know, take up some time, so. a Couple, I know about one. Well, they're both over, and yeah, one in Tofino, and one in Uculet, So oh, cool. Yeah, the Tofino one's just a you know a single residential build for a vacation home that we just got you know occupancy permit on, and the Uquilet one is a rezoning of twenty five acres that uh, we've been successful on, and just going into the development permit yeah. standpoint. So I'll be, you know, two hundred and ten homes, you know going there. We're building, you know, our, our mindset with Alan is, you know, we want to build a hundred year legacy, 200 year legacy of community, right? So there's no vacation rentals in that area at all. It's all community. Oh, it's all for, oh, that's an interesting decision
0: because yeah. I think it's, uh, well, it's an interesting decision because it would be worth more if you were selling it as vacation rentals, but that's mm-hmm. just not your vision for it. I no. mean, you could sell it for more. If yeah. people thought they could Airbnb it, and I know people that are yeah. Airbnb investment properties in those areas and yeah. 97% occupancy, like
1: yeah. just killing. Well, our, our place in Tofino is, you know, it's a vacation property, Airbnb. So. Yeah. But your vision is to create a family legacy, right?
0: Where people summer up there and see, you know, people live up there, right? So this, is like,
1: this is like, there's the people that, you know, there's a huge staffing shortage up there. There's tons of people that just, you know, just don't have a place to live, that need a place to live, who are part of the community up there that just need need something. And the development of this community really allows people to, you know, move there as, you know, might be, you know, a young, you know, 20-something, you know, working in the surf industry or, you know, something like that. That then decide, hey, we love it so much, we're not going to then you know go to Whistler to go work the winters there and the summers in Tofino. They're going to stay in Tofino where you kill it. So it allows them to have a you know go into a long term rental to then be able to buy you know a single you know bedroom townhome or a single bedroom you know apartment within not an apartment but a you know a bedroom within a or a one bedroom inside of a, a split level home to then actually you know buy the top level of the home to then upgrade to buying a small, you know, residence to then there's forty seven waterfront, you know, properties on it to then go to that, and vice versa. Right. We've had people who you know want to retire in YQLet, but they know but they don't want to move, right? They already live in UQLet, their property's gone up, but they can't downsize because there really are no properties to downsize into. So that, it satisfies that whole, you know, move in, move up, and then, you know, move down as we get older as well. Cool. Well, congrats on that project. That's huge. Thanks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It seems, uh, it seems bigger than when you first told me about it, but yeah, I guess the well,
1: municipal- it's been, it's been, it's, it's a, it's a work in progress, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: And the local municipalities obviously on board and yeah. being very cooperative. Yeah. Making it bigger and bigger and better. That's cool. Um, so you're busy between that and, uh, you know, a dozen or so, um, sorry, full is a dozen about the right number for you? I go between 10 and 15. So. Oh, okay. So, so you have room.
1: Yeah. And it's just, it's a really important to have that flexibility because people are going to graduate.
0: People right? graduate. That's, yeah. So eventually, you know, I am i haven't graduated. I don't
1: <laughs> see it happening. <laughs> I don't know what that says
0: about me, but six years in, uh, with key and, um, I wonder how many years with EO, maybe five. That's like, yeah, five. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's ever going either. I mean, graduating sounds cool. You know, I had mm. somebody graduate from our forum and, mm. What that meant was that they accomplished their BHAG, frankly, and moved to, um, you know, a beautiful sunny tax haven, and just is living right. living the dream, you know, that yeah. that so many people have, yeah. uh, living
1: their dream, yeah, exactly, that dream, whatever that dream yeah. is, yeah.
0: and that's what graduating form looks like. But graduating yeah. from EOS, I guess some people after a certain number of years they got a down pat, right?
1: Well, absolutely, and you know, I would I would argue that you know. We'll between you know you and Nick and your leadership team, you know you've got it down pat and the, those companies that stay with me, they stay with me because they want to have a third- party facilitator in the room coaxing those conversations out that they don't want to they're not not that they're not able to do it, but it takes a different type of energy to do it from within than to look at someone and someone else nothing else to lose in having pulling out the tough conversations when they have to happen. Yeah, and smoking that out and allowing, you know, providing the safe place for that to happen. Yeah, and that's true. And
0: for me, um, you know, every company looks at the cost and the cost, you know, the value you get in in the first year is just unbelievable. Like, it's just like the, the download of, of information and knowledge from someone like you to the whole team is just like immense. Um, maybe it's slightly less in year two and maybe after six years the way I look at it now is I actually think the uh the onus is on us well first of all the work that we're doing on that day that the combined value of everyone's time is quite a lot oh, yeah. um, the value of the decisions and the plans we're making uh, that affect the performance and the value of the company mm-hmm. is huge mm-hmm. it makes uh, the cost look frankly inconsequential mm-hmm. and when it really comes down to it I think the onus is on me and on us and on our team to get value from that. I see it as a challenge, as an investment in us. Yeah. Um, and if we can't get, you know, a few thousand dollars worth of value out of this day that we're traveling to perhaps or spending together, then what are we doing? Like, honestly, like, it, you know, my time is very valuable and everybody else's time is so valuable that why wouldn't we... Uh, make this additional investment just to make sure that it's as good as it could possibly be yeah. that we get through a little bit more, that we make a little bit better decisions mm-hmm. that decisions are made in a little better way where people are heard or people aren't stepped on in a mm-hmm. meeting where, where everybody feels like this team's amazing. This company's amazing. I mean, yeah, the onus is on me to get that value and yeah. the rest of the team. Yeah. So um, in terms of like, your ideal client, it seems like, you know, you mentioned 10 people to 250 people in the company, Metro Vancouver, there's sort of a a free 90 minute experience, usually in person where people can get a sense of, uh, you know, what EOS is, if they have those types of questions or or maybe if they're self implementing or have read a couple of the books, you know, how an implementer could help. I get that, it seems pretty mutual. That's for onboarding kind of new people. As sort of a long timer like me, one of the things I like is that EOS is always growing and evolving. Mm -hmm. Like the latest is uh, EOS Life, Mm -hmm. um, which is, I think, just a slight departure from a lot of the content that I've seen so far. And that, you know, most of the content is about the teams and the company, but the EOS Life is a lot about the entrepreneur. And also uh, the rest of the team too. And about work life balance and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could tell people what, you know, the the in better words, what the vision of the US life is.
1: Yeah. So it, it you know, it really does come out of, you know, what we've observed with companies that have been running on EOS for a long time. And that is, you know, this common denominator of, you know, kind of five elements of, you know, do what you love. You got to love what you're doing. That's where the passion comes out of it, that entrepreneurial side, right? With people you love, right? So, you know, this is the utopia that you could actually have, you know, a business where everybody on your team are all the right people sitting in the right seats and they're all knocking out of the park and we love getting together. And, you know, it's not, you know, the love of, you know, looking into someone's eyes and cooing and saying, I love you, right? But it's just, you love being around, you love that energy of those people around you you know, being compensated appropriately. And the compensation side is something that, you know, some of kind of balk at and say, well, you know, if I'm just, you know, an employee in a company and I want to make double what I'm making right now with the EOS structure, right? If they are making decisions that are alignment with the greater good of the company and the increase in the value of the company, then that increase in the value of the company will eventually come back to them. And their compensation will increase accordingly as well. Right. So that'll just naturally fall in hand, right? The fourth thing is to make a huge difference. And the huge difference is to like that's part of the passion part of being an entrepreneur, but you know, just making a huge difference in whether it's, you know, just your little sliver of what you do in a company or, you know, making a huge difference the company overall in whatever its industry it is or in a local economy or the community, depending on you know, what the company is. And the last one is time for other passions. And the time for other passions is if you are able to extricate yourself out of working in the business all the time and you're working on the business and the business is working for you, then you have that time to pursue other passions. You know, it could be gardening or skiing or surfing or boating or whatever it is, right? But it's just time for their passions. Could be community work, you know, service work, shopping. you know, whatever it is. <laughs> what was that that's shopping? Shopping, yeah, shopping. More time for shopping, and if you're being compensated appropriately, you got more time <laughs> for. <laughs> but you know, it's those five things, and it really comes out of you know that the VTO and everybody being aligned, you know, in the company towards what that is. Yeah, yeah, and it makes for uh, a healthier team you know, mm-hmm. better performance at the end of the day in the long run, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's such good stuff. Yeah. And it's not even the, the latest one, right? Lace is process. So that book just came out two weeks ago. I'm, so. po- I'm behind. <laughs> it never ends, but I love it. Tell me yeah. about process.
0: Uh, I actually don't think I have it. Oh, I guess you would probably uh, give it. I'm to waiting for. Yes. Yeah, like.
1: Actually, uh, I've, I've ordered a whole bunch and uh, the, uh, they're, they're They've got their, their pre-orders way exceeded their initial run. So it's mid-November that I'll actually get all my books. So I think Amazon you know, took down a big chunk of the whole pre-order market um, because of the previous sales that have happened with various uh, traction books. Um, yeah, but process is all about that one component, the process component that you know entrepreneurs just kind of get stuck on and avoid and don't like to do. Um, because they have this, you know, as you know, you you were saying, you know, earlier. I'm not sure if it was, you know, we were being recorded that time or not, but that, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs hate process until they realize that actually, no, process sets me free. You know, there's this, you know, great, you know, quote from you know Isidore Sharp, right? Four Seasons. I don't know. Um, you know the Four Seasons Hotel, right? Of course. You, ever, you ever stayed there? Of course, yeah. yeah. So for a Seasons, part of their mantra, right, and Isidore, you know, kind of put this, you know, in there, is that if you can systemize the predictable, right, the things just have to happen day in, day out, whatever is happening, right, you just systemize the predictable, you can humanize the exceptional, right, and the exceptional is in their environment that everybody's empowered to take notice of what the client wants, what the client's needs are anticipate that ahead of time and make it special for them because of that. And that's the exceptional part because they know all the systematic things, the predictable things, they just happen. How people get checked in, how the rooms get cleaned, how room service gets delivered, all that stuff is predictable and they've got their checklists and it's all formatted, which allows them for the the real exceptions to the rule to get that human element. That's so cool. And it reminds me of what I was saying earlier about you know, it's,
0: it's sort of, you know, creates the systems, create the space to be creative. In this case, it's a creative mm-hmm. solution or creative, you know, capitalizing on opportunity to make someone's day. Yeah. In a unstructured, unexpected and amazing way. Yeah. Which would yeah. make for a great hotel experience. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it could be like it's for every company, right? And yeah. it might be, you know, for a client making their customer experience, whether it's buying a real estate, you know, condo or whatever, just how do how can we make that better right how can we make them really think of us next time they're looking to you know, buying their next one or they're talking to their friends about hey you should really go see these go see key because they are the ones that you know we really we really appreciated and bought into because of this thing and that's the exceptional part of whatever happened in that relationship it wasn't the process all the paperwork was the same you know the all those types of things features benefits all that type was the same it was the the exception that they remembered. That's cool. Yeah.
0: I don't think too many processes sound very fun though. I mean you don't want too many, right? There's no. gotta be a point where it's just too much.
1: Yeah. Well just you want to focus on what the core ones are, right? Those, you know, five to you know, eight or nine, sometimes there might be twelve, but it's kinda like if you can keep it under ten, that's better. But you know, what are the core ones? and you, you know, document those on a 20-80 ratio, right? just document the 20% that gives you 80% of the value or 80% of the compliance, and then you just make sure everyone's following it the same way, right? It's all being followed by all, and you have some sort of way to measure, is it being followed? You're doing the appropriate training ahead of time, but then that allows for the exceptional things to take root. Yeah,
0: that's great. Is that what that book's about, all about yeah. that? Yeah. It doesn't sound super fun to read, honestly, but I'll yeah, read, you be know. surprised. <laughs> really?
1: you'd, be, you'd, you'd be surprised. Yeah, it yeah, probably was. It was a really, you know, it's a, you know, none of the traction books are really onerous to read, right? They're not, you know, like traction itself is probably the thickest in yeah. terms of, you know, the stuff there, but. And then there was a fable.
0: That went along kind of with the first book too i think wasn't there
1: yeah um get a grip get a grip yeah that's real easy to read yeah so mike peyton who wrote get a grip with gino he wrote process with oh, yeah uh, lisa gonzalez oh i don't get that yeah so mike's so yeah. mike's a yeah we're not mike but peyton yeah it doesn't it doesn't go by mike it just goes by peyton just one word Yeah. just peyton. <laughs> that's, yeah.
0: that's good he sounds interesting yeah yeah. I struggle with the process. I mean, I mm. think about it all the time already uh, today, you know, right. m- multiple times, um, you know, we had such a great, uh, business event yesterday. Um, and yet I noticed things that we could do better. And I wonder, um, I think, you know, the best way to note those opportunities is to just create issues and drop them into our leadership meeting, mm. have a quick chat about them, and then kick them down to the appropriate team. Yeah. Um, but then it's at that stage that I, I lose a little bit of faith in what happens then, you know, how does that that idea, that change to our process, that improvement, that upgrade, that, yeah. that adding a value to the company itself, how does that get documented? And then shared with the rest of the team and then followed by
1: all Yeah. Yeah. And that's just you know, you have to have a process for the process. Yeah. <laughs> but, exactly. you know, but you don't make it too complex, but it's just, you know, there's this, you know, every year annually you should just update your processes, right? So if there's something that's truly broken, then you fix it right away. But if it's hey, you know, if we got another, you know, business meeting like this one that you had yesterday, we've got another one, in a, you know, next quarter, ninety days from now, then coming out of this one, let's just, you know think of what are the things that we can improve upon, right? The wonder part of what you had you know, mentioned, right? And then just feed that into the person who owns that process, because there's one person who's most accountable to make sure that process is being functioned. And then just allow them to look at that to not necessarily make it more complex, but how can they simplify it? So if that process has seven steps, right? And they're gonna add an eight step then challenge themselves, well, what step can I remove or can I combine two steps? Right? So it's still at the end, it's a better process, but it's still seven steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds cool. I'm down.
0: I mean, yeah. I'm all in. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the value I've seen at it, it Key over six years has just been amazing. And, uh, and your ability to tweak it for the nonprofit environment um, mm-hmm. as, and EO at the board level has been amazing. I think partly because in any nonprofit environment or most, you know, you're, you're, working with uh, a board probably of volunteers yeah probably um fairly kick-ass people who are bosses in their own worlds and uh they're asked to come together on on a monthly basis or whatever it is to Mm. uh volunteer their time to work together um so adding structure and 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 all of the value created by eos in that environment i'd Mm -hmm. argue is even more valuable Mm -hmm. uh
1: even more needed yeah yeah, it's funny even with like with the EO board, right? It's kind of all of the board members who've been on the board, they understand the process of the quarterly quarterly. They kind of know well, yeah, we're gonna do a check in. You can't actually give a check-in that's you know, gonna be three minutes long because John will cut you off having a minute. Right. So they kind of all understand. So now it's like everyone's, you know, here's a one minute check in, they yeah. got it. And then we're going into reviewing the rocks, you know, where we've been, what we learned from. Yeah. You know, and then let's, you know, if we need to, you know, look at any tools and let's look at some tools, let's look at the VTO or Vision Traction Organizer, make sure we're on the same page, let's just reset rocks. And yeah. IDS to key issues. Yeah, and then think back to what I said about the, you know, in, in
0: the regular company environment, the value to me uh, of my whole team's day, mm-hmm. uh, and then compare that to the value of a board environment where there might be 14 people, and they're all, um, you know, potentially bosses of their own companies, the value of that time yeah. is immense, yeah. and, uh, Uh, when all of them leave at the end of that day and think that was time well spent. Like we got through a lot of stuff. Our plans are amazing. I'm energized by them. I'm a volunteer uh, person, um, but I can't wait to crush my rocks, you know, and let the rest of the team know that I got it done. And yeah, yeah, it's just been amazing.
1: Yeah. They've added that up like that. You know, I think the Vancouver board is 18 members typically that are on the board, right? It's a very large board, but the, the value, you talk about like the value that those people are taking out of the normal day, right? That's a $80,000 to $100,000 day with 18 people. Yeah. So probably a good idea to get the most out of that, right? right? And
0: I've also seen the opposite, you know, many years ago when uh, there was a lot of frustration and this is a waste of my time. And and then what happens is um, uh, people leave that meeting and, Despite their best intentions, they share their feelings with uh, you know other people in the organization, and then nobody wants to be part of the board. Yeah. It's just I can't say how um, important it is in any of that kind of environment mm-hmm. just to keep the uh, the vibes good, you yeah. know, to keep the the energy really good, yeah. and 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 have everybody leaving feeling like this team's amazing. That was an excellent use of my time. I'm so lucky to be part of this team, and and happy to be volunteering my time too. Mm-hmm. To be moving this organization forward no matter what it is yeah. certainly true for eo but i think true for many others too yeah yeah so thank you for that yeah
1: i really oh, I, appreciate it i love it. the
0: organization yeah uh and not just the organization but also your help with key it's just uh, again two huge parts of my life and and you've been such a big part of it and such a big help i really appreciate it thank you and for other people that might want to work with you or, or might want to just connect with you to, uh, see if it's possible to work with you or, or maybe you might refer them if they're not in in this geography, uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
1: Uh, well, probably just, you know, to email me, right. So, um, yeah, my email address is, you know, just J O N. So no H in there, then at guardianangelconsultants.com dot And it's a long honking email address, so my apologies, but <laughs> guardianangelconsultants.com consultants.com. And spelled just the way it sounds. No no tricky spellings. Right. No tricky yeah. spellings. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That sounds easy. Yeah. 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 Thanks, man. Thanks, Thanks for coming. Thank, thank you. Fine. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. it was great. <laughs> it was. Thank you.